Maybe we should record one of those hard intros. What do you mean? Where we just start talking at the beginning of the podcast like we're TV news people. Oh, interesting. I don't know exactly. This, we're doing it right now. You get it, right? Okay. Like, this is the hard <laughs> okay. intro. Okay. I mean, did you have any big learnings this week? Did you have a good week? Oh, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've got, I've got one, actually. Um, so, Alex, did I tell you about what I did this weekend? What? You know, I'd sworn off the BFG, right? And then, what do you know, but I signed up for a half marathon in Hawaii because I really need the BFG <laughs> in my life. There you go. Always chasing the BFG. That's uh, big beep goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that. So, yeah, so now I'm training again um, for half marathon. But it's not a full marathon, so that's, that's a good thing. See, that's like a hard intro. We're like TV news people now. <laughs> okay. Welcome to Practically Fit, real fitness over 40. I'm Alex Johnson. And I'm Jen Chamberlain. And today we're talking about fitness failure. And oh, yeah. Jen, I think you'll be excited to know, first thing as we start recording, that there are no cycling crashes included in this episode. I'm not going to talk about that. Oh, well, that's good. That's really good. I won't talk about the times I've uh, fallen while running either. Yeah, that's a pretty, and this is not me trying to make fun of gender beef, but that's a pretty <laughs> frequent occurrence, isn't it? Uh, yeah, at least once per training cycle. I don't know what that's about. Uh, I guess I'm just clumsy, but yeah. <laughs> I lo- the last one was pretty dramatic. Actually, I'm pretty sure I, I broke my elbow, so. Yeah, and I've been there when you've done, and yes, I have fallen off my bike. Um, it's been several months, but it happens on occasion. But that's so. just run-of-the-mill that's, fitness. Yeah, that's We're not. talking about failure. That's not failure. That's just something that is a consequence of riding a bike or running. But today we're going to talk about some of our failures and share what we've learned from them uh, as as kind of lessons at the end of the podcast. So I'm really excited about this one because I think it's going to be fun. Uh, And I say, let's let's go ahead and dive right in. Yeah, take it away, Alex, because I know you have so many to talk about. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the ones we have in common and we can talk about this here to start off are around running, right? Mm -hmm, Like, right. With running, you can face tremendous failure. Uh, For me, it's always been in terms of burning out on races and training uh, and biting off more than I can chew, trying to go too hard. Again, you know, we talked in a previous episode about (laughs) competing with yourself. I'm really bad about that. So I've had some pretty bad flame outs in races. One that steps into my mind immediately was a race that we did together. I don't even know what year that was. Would it have been maybe five years ago or so? Uh, who knows? It, pre-pandemic. Yeah, knows? pre-pandemic. You lose track of time. It was right. a uh, it was a brewery run in the suburb uh, where near where I lived or where I had used to live. I can't even remember if I was living there anymore at the time. But uh, it was a morning run. It was like nine a.m. Um, I had been in really good training form for 5Ks because this particular summer I was focusing on 5Ks because it's hot, it's a shorter distance, and I really enjoy 5Ks because, number one, I don't have to do those long, grueling training runs. I can just focus on speed. Uh, Number two, 
you get it over a lot more quickly than right. <laughs> half marathon. Less recovery. Yeah, less recovery. So I just enjoyed the training for those and training programs and doing sprinting and things like that. So uh, we, I had done a 5K the month before, and I had set a PR. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to break it this time. But the problem was, I want to say it was July or August. and It was. I think it was August. And yeah. August in Texas, Jen's moved to San Francisco. She was, used to live in Texas here in Dallas. And it was already high 80s by the time this race was starting at like 9.30 a.m., the humidity was off the charts. There was this brutal south wind. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I ignored all that because it doesn't matter. I'm going to set a PR this day. I remember like standing in the corral, and um, j- I-, I wrote about this on Practically Fit last month. Um, <laughs> like, I have my pump-up music going. Oh, God. <laughs> you know my pump-up song, right? I know your pump-up song, yes. Yeah. It it's to, the, it's, it's Phil, Collins. Phil Collins. Phil Collins, because <laughs> you can feel, I could feel it coming in the air tonight <laughs> oh, oh no. like that song makes me so like i'm just ready i mean i bolted out of the out of the starting gate on that one that was not one where we started together and uh yeah that that did not go well for me i mean i think about <laughs> i ran like a really fast mile for me i was close to like a six six thirty mile which wow. for me is really fast like I, yeah. i'm not we're not like you know, amazing professional. Oh, we're not elites by like, any. Yeah. Means. But for me, like that's burning at this age. <laughs> so, uh, but then after a mile, I just, oh, it was just horrible. I just completely flamed out in the heat. I was getting passed by people right and left. Just my, my, uh, my psychology went down the drain. How did you and, feel physically though? Oh, I, f- I felt horrible because it was so humid. It felt like um, the air was just had a vice grip on you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Had, and um, I finally finished. You know, I did okay. I, it, was, it was a fine time, but it didn't, it didn't break my PR. And I was, I'm sure my heart rate was horribly high. Right. And it was, it was, there was even a, a guy, you'll remember, who had an actual heat stroke during the race. And I do gentleman. remember that, yeah. So, this was completely stupid. Like I ignored the conditions and just thought, no, I'm going for it. I'm going to get my PR. And the biggest insult was we didn't even get a medal. It was like, right. here's a tiny beer glass stupid for your bug. efforts. <laughs> so that, that that's a really great example of a running burnout for me. I've had a couple of other ones too, where I remember I was, I thought I would train for a half marathon. This was way back in like 2008 2009 time frame uh and I'd never run one before but um it wasn't even like I was enrolled in a race I just wanted to run the distance of a half (laughs) marathon by myself and I had been running you know maybe the longest I'd run was seven or eight miles and I thought well I'm just I'm sure I can do this oh wow you just woke up and you were like I just went 13 miles today 13 13.1 miles today uh and I mapped out the course and like I it was a loop course which probably was not the best strategy considering I hadn't done this before and I remember I ran you know, I got maybe seven or eight miles in and I got tired. And again, it's Texas. It's hot. Uh, I think I had to walk four to five miles home. 
which at that point I, I was married to my previous wife at the time. And I think she probably thought I'd had some horrible accident because I came <laughs> up like, you know, cause it takes a while to walk that it many does, miles, which, yeah. you know, and I had stopped at the park and taken a breather cause I was clearly burned out. So, um, that didn't work out. I had another one where I was doing a long training run for a half marathon and I decided to drink a Coca-Cola before I went running. <laughs> um, what, do you, what do they call that? There's a term for this, right? Is it like running gut or? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What is the term for that? It's, um, I, yeah, it, there's something for it, but I, I can't remember. Is but you're bubble right. gut or running? Something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I got, and that was, a, you know, it was a longer run. It was like eight miles and I, I got three miles in and all of a sudden my stomach just felt like, I mean, I was emitting, let's just admit it. I was emitting gas like every 20 seconds in a cycle for like five, six miles. It was was like you'd taken the Coca-Cola bottle and just shook, shook it up. Like that was your body basically (laughs) at that point. And so you'd feel like intense pain for about 30 seconds, then it Uh. would release and then it would start over again. So that lasted for like five to six miles. So, um, yeah, no more, no more pre-running carbonated beverages for me. So those are some of my like fitness failures when it comes to running. So I know running is your first love. So let's talk about that with you. I'm sure you've got some great stories to share here. Yeah, absolutely. I have several, but I think the best one is my very first marathon, which was a complete and total disaster end to end. So this was back in September, 2009. I'd been running for a while. I'd done, you know, 5Ks, 10Ks, tons of half marathons, and I wanted to run my first full marathon uh, before I was 40. So I signed up for this race in San Antonio, Texas, um, and I trained for it. I you know, followed the training plan. It was like four months of training, tons and tons of running, because back then I followed more of a traditional schedule, which just calls for lots of running without a lot of strength training or cross training or anything like that. And honestly, I think I went into the race pretty fatigued. I also broke the rule. Um, so for when you're training for a full marathon, they usually recommend that you run your longest run is 20 miles, sometimes two 20 milers. Yeah. But I decided, you know, if 20 is good, 23 would be better. So, <laughs> so a couple of weeks before the race, I'd run 23 miles and was really still pretty tired. So anyway, I go down to San Antonio, Texas, and um, <laughs> the other rookie mistake I made, they had a shuttle taking you to the beginning of the race because, you know, these things start at like 630 in the morning, like crack of dawn, right? Yeah, so the, and we should we should set the stage for them about San Antonio, right? Because right, right. Um, we're we, you know you lived in Dallas at the time right. where I live now, like we mentioned earlier. So we're at the very northern part of Texas, but San Antonio is much further south in Texas. So yes, September weather is going to come into play as well, right? Yes, it is. Um, and also because of where it's located geographically, it tends to be more humid than. Um, more humid than Dallas. Dallas is a little bit more in the high plains. So yeah, so September in San San Antonio can be rough. But even before that, there were problems even before that, because there's a shuttle that takes you to the start of the race at 630. And the last shuttle, I didn't realize this, but it left at 530. And I thought, that's ridiculous. Why do I want to get to the start of the race an hour before I start? (laughs) Well, I didn't realize there was no other way to get to the start of the race. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) So I ended up walking from my hotel room to the start of the race. And it was probably three quarters to a mile walk. 
before yeah. I started running a marathon. Not a good idea. It's really not a good idea. <laughs> It doesn't help you like warm up or it's not like an active no, warm up. No. And then I'm also like really stressed out at this point. So I'm like walk running to the start of this race. Right. Yeah. And uh, the worst thing though was the weather. The weather was terrible. So it was, um, it ended up getting so high of about 80 degrees that day, but the humidity was also literally 80% like at the start of the race. It was so miserably humid. It was so miserable that they've actually moved the uh, timing of that race to a different part of the year because it's just yeah. so awful. So, so yeah, so I'm tired. It's hot. It's humid. I started out okay, and I just faded fast. And pretty soon, I'm just walking, walk running. I was with this guy towards, I don't know, the last 10 miles of the race, and this poor guy had signed up for a marathon having never run more than six miles in his life. <laughs> Wow. So you thought you had a bad training plan coming into this. This is worse yeah. than me trying to do a half marathon on my own, having only run seven miles. I will never forget this guy because he and I just like struggled through this to the end. He was a cyclist and he thought that would completely translate, but it's, mm. it's somewhat does, no. but it, it's not the same. It's really not the same. So we struggled through, the sun was just beating down, my face was on fire, I felt like I was going to fall out from heat stroke, and I, I ended up finishing right under the course cutoff, which was like seven hours. So, wow. And so yeah. what's kind of your normal marathon time now? I mean, you've given them up theoretically, but what's your... Right. Um, I finally got to a little under five, which is yeah. respectable, but yeah, I mean, it was just barely dragging myself through that race. It was terrible. Uh, yeah, that's by far my biggest failure. Yeah. So see, running is ripe for failure, especially when you do <laughs> these races and there's all kinds of weather issues. And other, was the was the course pretty flat? I know San Antonio is on the edge of the hill country in Texas where it's quite hilly, but what was the course like? It was pretty flat. It? There was kind of an incline towards the end, which is, of course, where you really want an incline to be, but... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> in a marathon after you've of already course. run 20 miles. Yeah. But no, it wasn't terrible. It was mostly just the weather was just awful. Yeah. So there you go. There, there's some great examples of running failure. And we'll talk about what we learned with that here in a bit. But let's talk some more about some of our other fitness failures. Um, oh, yeah. I want to talk about things happening in the gym. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so much can go wrong in the gym. <laughs> so much can go wrong in the gym. Um, yes, we've all dropped weights on ourselves before and things mm -hmm. like that. But let's talk a little bit more deeply about failure. Um, I, so I mentioned on the pre a previous podcast my issue with box jumps, and you were there for this Oh, one, yeah. I didn't, yeah. I didn't go into detail <laughs> on it. So basically, we, had, um, we were working out at a gym together, and they had... Um, introduced these box jump platforms and they're really cool. Um, and you could sort of incrementally increase the height of them. So you mm -hmm. could, you could jump higher and higher as time went on. Um, and <laughs> I had time a, went on. That's the a, key. <laughs> yeah. Not. <laughs> and so I, um, had been dreaming of dunking a basketball at age. <laughs> this was probably what age 38 yeah so this was a few years ago uh and I, I kept thinking boy I'd love to dunk a basketball that would be amazing and I thought well maybe if I started practicing box jumps uh I could get there again when I was younger I could hang on the rim right so right. I, I thought well maybe I could get back to that that really it, it was actually the the impetus was like 
impressing my kid. I thought it, he would be really impressed with me if I could do this. Uh, you know how kids are like, when oh, yeah. dad, you want to like impress your, impress your kid. So I was like, and we would go play basketball. So I thought, Oh, if I could, if I could get back to, to getting up to the rim, he'd be really impressed. So I thought the box jumps <laughs> are perfect. Like, but I was, as Jen referenced, I did not take into consideration the element of time or a reasonable training ramp up on these box jumps. (laughs) Just like I was doing them like at least two times a week at the gym. And so I just kept increasing the height every day I would go in and kept trying to go higher. And I was, I was doing pretty well. I was getting pretty high. I mean, you saw me, I was, I felt like, Oh, I'm, I'm getting up there. Uh, but eventually, um, just just kept increasing the height and i probably did this in the span of like a month uh so i think if you did this for like six months much right. more slowly it would be better but no i i can't no. do that i every time i have to jump higher because in my head that's i'm competing with myself and i'm getting i'm getting better and i'm i'm jumping higher so i ended up pulling my groin muscle like oh. from yeah that muscle that runs down from the abs into the, yeah. I mean, it's really kind of like your hip flexor, right? Like mm-hmm, running down right. from the abs into your, into your, the inner part of your thigh. Yeah. And that, if anyone has ever done that, that is a terrible injury. Um, because it's kind of sneaky. It doesn't, you're not in like tremendous pain, but you start to find it hard to do, um, like, certain exercises like because it, you use it for everything it's one of right. those things that you use a lot that you don't realize that you use a lot yeah and it set me back I mean I could I had to stop running this was actually where I I basically stopped running so much at, at the time and eventually you know I, I started doing the 5ks because I couldn't do the long runs because it was getting sore and then um ended up after I mean this went on this pain like anytime I would go run I would have it I mean probably for like a year is this uh, how you ended up joining team cycling? It, I think it was, it was definitely the lead up into team cycling because this injury was really nagging. Right. And, um, I just thought, wow, that's not, and it, you know, it was affecting my lower back and cause everything's interconnected there. So yeah, um, that was, <laughs> that was a massive fail and it was all because I couldn't stop competing with myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, led me to, led me to team cycling. Um, but I also want to talk about more gym failures. Okay. Um, and this, I'm going to kind of rag on a particular gym mm, and okay. I'm not going to name names, but I'll, <laughs> I will say that it's open 24 hours. And that's probably <laughs> part of the problem. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I had so many failures in that particular gym and it didn't matter which location I went to. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the biggest thing was like, I remember, I mean, I could tell you a million funny stories from there. Like, uh, one time I went to a location in downtown Dallas and they had, they had poorly maintained equipment at this gym that was open 24 hours. And I remember, um, I was trying to do squats, barbell squats. And I like, right. they, the, the bar or something had a piece of metal sticking out. I cut my finger and I was like bleeding all over God. the squat rack. Did you get <laughs> so a tetanus shot? No, no, I was up to date, but <laughs> I, I did like wrapping my hand in a paper towel, just continuing to do squats because I I was there for lunch during work and I didn't want to waste my workout time. I didn't have much time. So, you know, there's lots of little stories like that about their equipment and failing with their equipment. But the, the thing where I really failed here was I, I wanted to get into this routine of working out early in the morning. And Mm -hmm. so I was getting up at like 5am and I would eat just like a protein bar. 
Right. <laughs> that would be because if you eat too much before you do like, and at this time I was doing a lot of weight, heavy weightlifting. If you eat too much before you do that, like you, you just feel sick. So yeah. I was like, I'm, this is it 5am doing this. <laughs> and, uh, so I go to the gym at like five thirty. Another benefit of this was that there was no one there because you go to right. these gyms that are open 24 hours and they're just jam packed with people. Oh and, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. None of the equipment is put away and it's a mess and you can't, there's just guys standing in the, for example, standing in the squat rack doing bicep curls and stuff. Yep. And you, it's just like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, I mean, I think uh, later down the road, we'll do a whole episode on gym etiquette because okay. this stuff is hilarious. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, my, my big failure here was just trying to be this early bird. Uh, and I tried it for a period of maybe like three months. Um, and just every day by like one to two o'clock that I was doing this, I'd just be completely washed out. Like I'd always heard like, oh, you get up early and work out. You'll have so much energy for the day. No, no, <laughs> the, the people are different. That just does not work for me. Um, yeah. So, I've tried to be that person too, and I'm yeah. just not. It's just not ever going to work for me. Same thing, because most runners go first thing in the morning, and I, I just don't feel good that time of day. It drains my energy the rest of the day. It's great for some people, but it just doesn't work for me. Right. So I just, that wasn't working. And then that in the combination of trying to be this gym person and going to the commercial gym, this was really the time that I tried that out. So this is part of the failure. Like I just couldn't do it I, yeah. with the, with the, uh, amount of, of people there and just the uncleanliness and the annoying behavior. Actually the final straw on this, aside from me being exhausted all the time was I had, this is kind of a funny story. I'd, I'd gone before work and I forgot to put in a change of undies. Whoops. Uh, <laughs> it's a bit of an embarrassing story. But, uh, so I was like, well, crap, I've got to go to work. I don't, I don't have time to go home. Um, and, uh, so I ended up like, I was like, well, I'll just kind of like air dry them while I take a shower. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So I came back out of the shower and I'm like, well, that they're gone. Like, <laughs> Someone stole your underwear. Yes, someone stole my underwear while I was oh in the shower. Gosh. I mean, you're you're in the shower for like three minutes, and the weird thing is, there was no one there. So I'm like, who would have stolen <laughs> oh, <God>. my? <laughs> so that then at that point, I had to call my boss, uh, who's who who was my former <laughs> boss. He's probably listening to this podcast, probably. and he might remember this phone call. And I was like, yeah, um, I don't. I need to get a pair of underwear before I come. And he's like, what? So that was my final straw for the, the gym that's being open 24 hours. It was a combination of like not being early workout, per, an early workout person, not being a commercial gym person. And we'll, we'll talk about this more in our lessons. I've just, I was just done with that. It just, it was not for Wow. Me. Well, my second story actually has to do with trying to be somebody I'm not too. So that's like a really good uh, transition. But, um, you know, not a lot of people know this about me, but when I'm not running, I really love hitting things or people. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know that. Um, our good friend Travis knows that. We yeah, yeah. Um, I love boxing. Um, Alex and Travis and I used to spar in our work gym sometimes. I've done um, Krav Maga, which is the Israeli form of martial arts. It's great for self-defense. I've even dabbled a little bit in some MMA training. So I like hitting things. That's the bottom line of that. <laughs> um, so when I moved to San Francisco last year, I looked into some different kinds of gyms, and there wasn't um, any of there wasn't a boxing gym or a Krav Maga gym that was close to me. But right down the street, there was a Taekwondo studio. 
So I thought, this sounds good. It seems like other things I've done. I'll try it. So I tried it and immediately I went all in. So I, yeah, know, I went to classes for a week and then I bought all the equipment. I bought all the gear. I bought the gym membership. I'm like all in. I'm going to do Taekwondo. This, this is funny to me because like <laughs> I, you say you're not as competitive as me, but I really think that sort of behavior is part of a competitive uh, nature. Like, Because I do the same thing. I'm like, oh, I'm all in on this. I'm getting everything. I'm doing all the training. Oh, I'm going to kill this. Like, I'm, I'm going to be amazing. Yeah. yeah. So let's see. I think you're a little more competitive than you let on. That's probably true. But it's not so much against other people. It's just like, oh, I have this shiny new goal and I'm so so yeah. going to do it. I'm going to get a, a black belt. You know, that's right. It's yeah. the BFG again. So like I'm all in. Um, but I start doing it and I realized that it's really nothing like boxing or Krav Maga. And uh, that was the first thing. So, you know, there was a little bit of sparring and some fighting, but it really required learning forms, like learning a lot of very technical kind of coordinated things that, um, as we talked about at the beginning of this episode, I am not the world's most coordinated person. <laughs> so, yeah. so it was a real struggle. It was a real struggle for me. And if I wanted to be good at it, I would have needed probably some really focused training. I mean, it was a big class, mixed um, adults and teenagers. And, you know, it's hard for one instructor to pay attention to everybody. Right. So I was kind of left on my own. And I was just completely like, bewildered by everything going on around me. <laughs> and, uh, it was it, it just wasn't good. So I would have needed some sort of one on one training, focus training. But what I realized was I really didn't enjoy it. Like kind of like what you were saying with being the early morning, I wasn't right. going to be a Taekwondo person. I just wasn't. But I couldn't admit failure that easily. Because that's another <laughs> thing that's hard for me. <laughs> yeah, especially after I bought all the equipment, right? Like, so then I'm stuck and I just keep going, thinking eventually I'm going to get it. And it wasn't getting any better. And in fact, the instructor kind of told me in not so many, in, in so many words that I really wasn't that good at it. So. Wow. Well, I mean, good for them for being honest, right? Because most, a lot of people won't do that, especially if they're trying to make money off you, like to say, hey, yeah. you're not that good at this. <laughs> yeah. It's a family owned business. And yeah, they're trying to make money at it. But she was just like, yeah, I mean, you know, like she basically told me I wasn't that great at a lot of things in that class. And so <laughs> after, I don't know, I, I dragged on for weeks and weeks for a couple of months. And finally I decided, you know what, it's okay to admit that I'm not going to be the Taekwondo person. Like there's other things I enjoy. I like boxing. I like running, you know? And so I finally, finally made the hard decision to give up my membership and quit. And I was so incredibly relieved. It was like the best feeling not having to drag myself to that gym anymore. But funny thing about it is that my, my sister is a black belt in Taekwondo, and I think she probably thinks I am a failure to this day. <laughs> well, it's funny, as you were, as you were uh, describing that, I, I got the sense uh, of, like, it felt like getting out of a bad relationship, like, Ooh, when, you're yes. just, when you're just so relieved. Oh, and, that like, feeling is You're so nervous, good. like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to break up with this person. <laughs> That's what that reminded me. Well, of. not to go too deep into this, but I have the same issue with relationships. I hold on way too long. And yes. then, yeah, when you finally break up, it's like, oh, this feeling of relief, you know. So let's let's talk about our learnings from from some of these stories. Uh, and obviously, the first thing that comes to mind here is admitting failure is the first step. We've just yes. been talking about that. So, of course, that's that's kind of the first step here. You have to admit failure and you can learn from that. And there are different things that you can learn. We, we, we shared some stories about our running. 
Uh, and I think we had similar learnings there. Um, right. For me, I talked about how I would burn out on races and in training runs. And so, I mean, I quite literally learned to pace myself within the races and within the runs. But also, and I think this is along the lines of, of your learnings as well, pacing myself with the overall training. Yeah, I learned um, many of the same things about running. So I learned how to train smarter, I would say, for any race distance, but especially marathons. So you can't wing it. But you also can't go into the race exhausted. So I learned to find a little bit more of that balance. And also, it's so important, unfortunately. You know, runners just like to run. We And, well, I also like to hit things. But <laughs> mostly we like to run. And you have to do some strength training. You have to do some stretching. And, you know, rest is also essential uh, in the training process. That's right. So uh, another learning I think I took away from, and this is from my box jump uh, episode <laughs> that I told you about, right. was learning to accept my age and approach fitness more safely. And mm-hmm. so the, the the safe aspect of it is is one of our fitness fundamentals for practical right. fit. Um, so in that in that example, I really wanted to do this thing that I had done with when I was younger and to impress my kid. I have to accept maybe at age 38, 39, I'm not all of a sudden going to be able to, in the month's time span, be hanging off of a basketball rim again, if at all. Maybe I could have trained for six months and done it, but it's a little sketchy on if that had even would have worked out if I took a slow approach to it. So at some point you have to learn to accept your age. And again, I think a part of that is approaching fitness more safely as you age. Yeah. And actually, you know, this was, now that I think about it, this was an issue with the Taekwondo experience too, because I felt like I was not training that safely because I needed so much more focused uh, learning. Right. And so it probably wasn't safe for me or the people I was sparring with, unless I were willing to take the time to get a lot better and learn the skills properly. So safety was an issue there too. But then, you know, more importantly with that one, I learned that it's okay to try something and then let it go. Like, you know, it, there's no, there's no um, failure in saying that you're not cut out for for that for being the morning pers- gym person or the taekwondo. Exactly, <laughs> I most certainly was not the morning gym person, uh, and and <laughs> it was okay. I tried it for like three months, and then I just had to realize this is not working out. I don't feel good. And I don't like being here. <laughs> so uh, find other other times to work in my fitness within my schedule. Um, right. Another learning for me was that I need to be more realistic when I'm competing with myself. So again, this gets back to pretty much everything that I shared. Mm-hmm. And running, uh, for example, on the, the burnout, uh, the day it was hot, similar to your marathon, like I just have to realize like that is not a good day for me to try and compete right. with myself. The conditions were not in my favor. So rather than being pigheaded, as my mom would say, <laughs> I just need to accept that like I need to run this a little bit easier and take it easy and not not try to PR. The same with the, the box jumps. I can't be increasing my jump height every time I go to the gym. I should take it more slowly. Uh, so that's that's been a really important one for me. And it's kind of led to me realizing I can mix in more intensity in my training, which has been a big fundamental for me here in the last uh, one to two years. Uh, And again, something that my wife has really pushed on me as well. Like you don't have to go super hard every time that you that you go out. So uh, I don't know. How do you feel about that one? 
Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think definitely I've learned that lesson as well. But, you know, unfortunately, there's some lessons I haven't learned. And, uh, (laughs) you know, you talked about like not being your day and the heat and that sort of thing. Apparently, I did not learn from my experience with the heat because (laughs) (laughs) oddly enough, my last marathon, which I ran earlier this year, was almost as disastrous as the first. (laughs) So let me just tell you a little bit about this. So that was here in um, in California. It was actually in uh, called Avenue of the Giants half uh, marathon in the Redwood Forest. Beautiful, beautiful course. Uh, But, you know, it can still get warm and very humid here. And um, I was doing great for the first, I don't know, 16, 18 miles. And I cramped up and just completely crashed. Uh, wow. So dehydrated. I was like basically cramping from my knees all the way down to my ankles. And I wouldn't have even finished the race walking except for this woman heard me talking to a friend. And she uh, gave me some salt tabs that actually got me through the race. But again, like... A decade later, I still apparently have not learned to deal with the heat. So, well, um, the salt tabs that when I think about salt tabs, I think about like 1950s American <laughs> football players. <laughs> like, it's, it seems like a very, that's interesting. I didn't know that those were still quite popular. Oh, they're still a thing. And they have caffeine, which really helps too. So, oh, salt great. and caffeine got me through the rest of the race. But, yeah, I, I mean, more seriously to your point, Alex, I think. Sometimes it's just not your day and, and yeah. there's nothing you can do about it. You know, you just have to accept it and, and be okay with it. Yeah. Especially when it's hot. I've gotten a lot better about that. I will tell you. Uh, <laughs> I, and I remember kind of a funny side story, uh, in the neighborhood I lived growing up, there was this guy, um, and we moved there when I was like 12 <laughs> and he would go out every day at like noon and go running noon, 1 PM, 2 PM, You'd see him out there shirtless running. Didn't matter. It, it could wow. be July, August, and he was running at the peak of the day shirtless. And we used to call him the mad runner. And I mean, he was doing this up until, you know, a couple of years ago. So, and again, wow. I'm now like <laughs> 41. So yeah, that guy definitely did not learn his lesson about the heat. I've gotten a lot better at that. You need to get better about it. I do. But I uh, want to hear, what have you learned from your gym failures? Yeah, that's kind of a funny one as well. Uh, similar to you not learning from the heat. I had learned that I, and this is actually, it sounds kind of silly, right? Like, oh, I don't like going to a gym. No, this is a foundational learning. I mm. hate commercial gyms. Mm. Um, I only like really working out by myself. Or if I have a, a really good workout partner, like right. you and I were workout partners for many years. Um, yeah. My wife and I now are, we work out together every day, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to be around a bunch of people while I'm working out. I don't want to be in a place where I have to rely on sharing equipment. Um, and so this was like a massive shift in mindset for me. I realized I could do the same things I'm doing at a gym, but more effectively at home. Uh, a lower stress environment. I think a lot of people feel this way now uh, because there is a lot of like social pressure when you go into a gym oh, and yeah. you, you're worried about how you're looking or how you're right. performing in front of other people. So that's an aspect of it. I just didn't like people leaving their equipment out or leaving their sweat all over. <laughs> There's so many different things I didn't like about the commercial gym. And it really changed my life because I started figuring out what kind of setup I needed at home, how to have my own awesome home gym. Uh, yeah. And that's changed my approach to fitness uh, ever since. So even though it's kind of funny, that was a massive learning <laughs> for me and really, really meaningful in my life. 
So as you can see from this conversation, these failures taught us new approaches and refined our overall way that we're approaching fitness. So we'd love to hear what some of your fitness failures have been and what you learned from them. Please feel free to leave a comment on our website on the podcast, practically.fit, or you can send me an email, uh, alex at practically.fit with your learnings. We'd love to share them on a, a future show. Uh, and also, if you have comments on the show or ideas or topics you'd like to cover, please send us an email. Uh, the other thing that we'd ask, if you've been enjoying the podcast, this is our fifth episode. Yay, we're excited about yeah. that. Uh, if you would review our podcast uh, on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast provider, it would really help us grow our listenership and would mean a lot to us. So um, if you've been enjoying the podcast, if you would just take a few moments to do that, it would be super meaningful. And of course, Absolutely. subscribe to our newsletter, Head on over to Practically Fit, put in your email address, and you'll be getting content from us weekly, including the podcast, into your inbox. So next week, Jen, what are we going to be talking about on the podcast? I think we might talk about running culture and cycling culture. Yeah, this is going to be a fun one. And for us, yeah. it's it's kind of, we're, we're planning an episode in the future about team running versus team cycling. It's going to be kind of a blowout episode for That's us. Right. But it's really fun to talk about the culture around these two interesting activities and some of the uniqueness that we see in yeah. the culture. So and then forward. also, I think also we'll get a little bit more into like fitness and aging in the future too, because we, yeah. we barely touched the surface on that. Yeah, we've got a lot of ideas about that as well. So stay tuned to the podcast. We really appreciate you listening. And as always, fitness is for everybody. 